Hi guys, welcome to Farmer Fridays, where I get to interview agriculturists, ag organizations, and ag businesses across the state of West Virginia. My name is Elizabeth Lynch, your Miss West Virginia 2022. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing Leslie Boggess, who is the Assistant Director of Programs and Business Development for the West Virginia Department of Ag. A lot of duties go into her job, and I'm super excited to jump into one of the main things, the West Virginia Farm to School program. So how are you this morning, Leslie? Very good, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me on. And thank you for agreeing to do this interview. So go ahead and tell me about yourself and maybe your agricultural background. Sure. Um, like Elizabeth said, I'm Leslie Boggess. I am a fourth generation farmer. My husband and I own a family farm in uh, Jackson County in a little place called Given in Jackson County. Uh, we raise beef cattle. We have uh, plus about 100 head right now. Um, I'm the mother of three wonderful children, and I'm the Mimi of two wonderful grandchildren. So um, between working with the Department of Ag and visiting with my grandkids and farming, I'm pretty busy. It sounds like it. Well, congratulations on your grandkids. I know that's Thank really you. exciting. Um, so if you can, go ahead and tell me a little bit about the West Virginia Farm to School, pardon me, the West Virginia Farm to School program. Absolutely. So um, first of all, I want to mention that the um, uh, West Virginia Department of Agriculture is not the lead agency with that. Uh, the lead agency for uh, Farm to School in West Virginia is actually the West Virginia Department of Education, but we partner um, with the West Virginia Department of Education to um, to enhance, I guess I guess that would be an appropriate term, to enhance farm to school in West Virginia. So we have a position, we wrote a grant a few years ago, we've actually gotten our second grant, we wrote a grant a few years ago that allowed us to get a position. The position's been vacant since uh, December, and I'm happy to say that we have someone hired and will be on board August 15th. Yay for us and, and yay for farm to school. So uh, this individual will... Um, their role will be predominantly farm to school. So farm to school, like I said, farm to school in West Virginia is, um, we we are a counterpart of that with uh, West Virginia Department of Education. So currently there is a committee um, that oversees farm to school in West Virginia. And this committee has been around for a long time. We sort of revamped it last year, added some new people, um, you know, tried to get everybody from appropriate walks of life to staff that committee. Um, so, so farmer school is just exactly what it, it sounds like. We're trying to get uh, local foods in schools in West Virginia. This works great in some counties. In some counties, it's not worked so well. Uh, but that's what farmer school efforts are, are focusing on right now. Um, we're focusing on some um, counties that are ready to ramp up, if you will, that just haven't had the opportunity to do so. We're working, like I said, again, Department of Ag and Department of Ed. Um, we're pulling together our resources and uh, reaching out to farmers in those counties, uh, it, you know, to see if there is, first of all, to see if there is a possibility for them to expand and grow, and then to see how likely is the school, how likely the school is to buy mm -hmm. from these individuals. I said farm school works really great in some counties, and some counties are just a little lacking with it right now. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense. So can you tell me how this would be beneficial to the students in those schools? Sure. Lots of those students, even in what I would call rural, rural counties, like, and, I, and I'll use Jackson as an example, that's my county. So, so Jackson is known for as a farming community. We have FFA and 4-H and um, give a little plug for the, for the Jackson County Junior Fair next week that I'll be at. Um, so even though those kids grow up in rural farming communities, a lot of them are not exposed to uh, fresh fruits, fruits and vegetables, don't know that cows don't give chocolate milk and, and things of that, of that nature. So getting these foods in the schools is very important. 
first of all, it's healthier. You know, it, it's a lot of it is is not obviously not processed. Um, and and it's an opportunity for kids to sometimes taste things that they would never typically taste, like turnips. Um, a lot of kids have never tasted a turnip, and sometimes we'll have um, some tasting and, and things like that that go into the schools. Um, and, and local farmers do this in conjunction with the Board of Ed, and they get to they get to sample things that they may not sample. They also some of these schools are also equipped with um, school gardens, high mm -hmm. tunnels, and things of that nature that that Farmer School and the Department of or Department of Ag and Department of Ed have actually purchased for them. So lots of times these students are getting to grow these fruits and vegetables that they would never have the, to that experience if they weren't involved. Right. So I, I so I'm looking at this from both sides of things as somebody who was a student and uh, from the, the agricultural side of things. So not only does it help benefit the students, but it also benefits the farmers in the sense of they have this uh, audience that they can reach out to when it comes to purchasing their products and when it comes to education. And that's something that's always really important, I think, in the agricultural world. So that's kind of a win-win situation for both parties involved. And I also noticed, noticed that there were a lot of big initiatives in this program that revolve around education. I know there's a garden-based learning program to educate young people about science, math, and agriculture, and of course, healthy diets. So can you tell me a little bit more about these programs or give some examples? Sure. Um, the gardening aspect of this, um, a lot of that is done by West Virginia Extension. And again, we work in conjunction with a lot of people. So, uh, you know, if we have a um, if we have a, a county or a school in particular that wants to ramp up, we, we reach out to all these people. So this garden-based learning, um, it's, a, it's a curriculum. I'm really not sure where it started, honestly, but we have several schools in West Virginia that are utilizing this curriculum right now. Um, Putnam County is a big utilizer of of this curriculum. Um, they've got some grants, some high titles and so forth. Um, their extension agent retired, I believe last year, and they have a new extension agent in there who is uh, going like gangbusters to continue um, these farm school efforts and, and garden learning and so forth. So it's actually a curriculum that the kids go through uh, and, and they learn different things about gardening. Um, so, so it's really neat. Also have some other counties that are working, um, working on that. I also mentioned a specialty crop block grant. That's another uh, grant that we have through the West Virginia Department of Agriculture. Now, it's not for an individual, um, an individual farmer or producer per se, but it's for someone who will will work to enhance the competitiveness of specialty crops. Ninety-nine percent of these um, local fruits and vegetables that are grown fall within the category of specialty crops. So, lots of lots of uh, schools and, and other entities will write these grants. And get high tunnels and so forth and, and, and implement farm to school through the specialty crop block grant. So it's uh it, it's coming from sort of all always, if you will. Um you, you know, I, I, I can't Elizabeth can't say enough about farm to school and and um the curriculum and so forth that um that that, that was a, a big big thing in getting me to jump to this program. I'm a, a long time state employee, I worked for another department for a really long time, but um, have a passion for agriculture, obviously, and a passion for children and helping to introduce this farm to school and, and so forth to, to our children. You know, this, and this starts, Elizabeth, at uh, preschool age sometimes. Um, they'll do, you know, tastings at preschools and things of that nature. Also, we have this really nice little um, wooden milk cow that we can take out different places. We just had it at the Arts and Crafts Fair in Ripley uh, and give the kids an opportunity to milk and so forth. So, I love that. And I love that, that partnership, again, between agriculture and education and ensuring that our youth are exposed to these kinds of things. Because again, you know, we all have to eat. 
it doesn't matter what age you are, it doesn't matter where you live in the world, we all have to eat. And knowing where your food comes from and how those processes work, I think is so vital to our everyday lives. Now, if we were a school in a county in West Virginia that, you know, listened to this, this interview and were like, okay, you know, I kind of like this, I want to get involved, how could they? Well, they, they could either um, contact the West Virginia Department of Education or myself here at the Department of Ag. Um, so, so the main number here is 304-558-2210. They can call and ask to speak to Leslie. Uh, like I said, I'll have a new person on, on board in um, a little less than a month. So make it speak to the new person as well. Um, so many opportunities. I mean, you had mentioned Elizabeth before, not only for the schools, but for our local producers. Um, it's hard to be a farmer right now. Everything's sky high, you know, from diesel fuel to seed to fertilizer. And then this is an opportunity to, to give producers a little shot in the arm, too, if they're able to grow and sell to their local schools. Uh, that, that's just another outlet. Um, you know, a lot of people will sell farmer's markets and things of that nature. And that's wonderful during the farmer's market seasons. But, you know, this is an opportunity for them to sell to schools. And if they have a mechanism to grow all year round, this, this will supplement their income and also help the schools. There, there's a new um, there's a new um, uh, healthy food um, law, if you will, from the legislature where um, every state funded entity has to have five, you know, has to procure 5% of their local foods. The fresh food. 5% of the foods, I'm sorry, from a local source. Mm-hmm. So this is a great way to do that as well. Yeah, no, I'm a huge proponent of the Fresh Food Act. I try to talk about it as many times Absolutely. as I can, you know, where, wherever I'm visiting. That's a huge thing right now in West Virginia. And again, a great way for our agriculturists to get involved in that and help out our school system. Um, how can our community help these farmers participate in the Farm to School program? Say I was a parent and wanted to ensure that this program reached our school. So is it the same thing? Talk to your uh, board of education in your area, talk to the farmers and maybe give you a call too to see how that process can go about? Absolutely. Um, I, think, I think there are lots of times that producers will miss this. Um, you know, they're, they're busy producing whatever they're, whatever they're growing. Um, so lots of times there'll be some literature or something that will go home with a child. Or, and in most schools, there, there are big farm school posters and things like that hanging in the cafeteria. Sometimes I'll just uh, jog someone's memory and they're like, hey, I know, uh, I know Farmer Bogus over there. Maybe, you know, Farmer Bogus is interested in growing some green beans and then that would be great for our school. They can meet the Fresh Fruit Food Act, um, get fresh produce in their schools, and it would just be cool if my kid ate some fresh green beans. You know, my child ate some fresh green beans. So absolutely, um, you know, co- contact anyone. Um, you know, and, and the buy-in comes from everybody. I mean, you mentioned the county um, school board, county department of ed. Uh, we work very well, obviously, as the department of ed mm-hmm. with the counties as well as the state level. Yeah, I love this. Now, I'm sure that there are a lot of challenges when it comes to implementing the Farm to School program. Uh, for somebody who is trying to implement that, what do you what do you suggest when it comes to those challenges? So, um, challenges from our, from our producer side, I hear a lot. They're like, I don't know who to talk to. You know, I don't I don't know how to start. I don't know how pricing goes and things of that nature. So, um, we've been currently working with the Department of Ed um, through this Farm to School grant, trying to come up with a, a template, if you will. Um, for the school nutrition directors who do, who do the buying for the producers, and the producers, it's sort of a book that you could reach up and pull off the shelf and say, okay, I'm Joe producer. I want to talk to, um, you know, a food nutrition director and I want to, I want to be able to approach them on how to sell my carrots there. So it's, so it's a template. Um, it's not out yet. We're working on it. We actually have borrowed one from the state of Virginia and we're working 
um, you know, to, um, I guess, make the adjustments we need for the state of West Virginia. So at, so at some point, there will be a book, if you will, that you can pull off the shelf and say, okay, here's what I need to do from, from one to 10, whether I'm a brand new school nutrition director or I'm a producer wanting to get into farm school. And, and there are challenges, Elizabeth. I mean, you know, not everyone has money. Mm -hmm. um, you know, not everyone wants to pay. You know, people like to like to buy to you know buy their food and so forth, or schools like to buy their food and so forth um, through places like Cisco and things of that nature. And again, I'm, I'm not please don't think I'm knocking any of those places, but but they can use uh, their commodities and, and things and, and get things get food much cheaper. Right. So um, you know, and, and for everyone, it's all about the the dollar stretching the dollar, especially these days. Mm -hmm. But there, there definitely is money out there, whether it be farm to school, and there are several other grants right now that are allowing um, um, producers to expand and get into farm to school. And even if it's not the whole uh, buying the food for the students directly uh, from the farmers and bringing it into the schools, you know, maybe you can participate in the educational type programs, you know, the right. small garden in the backyard yeah. or the taste mm -hmm. testing. So implementing those little bit, little tiny programs into your school is also beneficial as well. So it doesn't have to be just, you know, making sure that that food comes in to feed your students. It can be the little educational stuff. So that's uh, a huge part of things too, you know, because I, I completely understand uh, Cisco's great you know, making sure that our students are fed constantly. Uh, so again, that's a, a really, either way, it's a really good program, regardless Absolutely. of how you, how you utilize it. Um, so again, we talked about the challenges, but what do you think is the best part about the West Virginia Farm to School program? The best part is, um, I, I think it's neat that kids get to um, sample things. Um, you know, that they may not get the sample. And I'll use turnips for an example. You know, a lot, I don't think a lot of kids eat turnips. Right. I'm not a huge fan of turnips. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> pretend I am. But, but lots of times it'll give the kids an opportunity to try something they would never try. And I think it's cool when they go through, you know, our schools have a lot of salad bars. And I think the salad bars are trying to ramp back up a little bit from COVID. They went away during COVID, obviously. Um, and that was a lot of our farm school were the salad bars. And, and, you know, we have these little stickers that say, you know, West Virginia grown or whatever on there. And I, I think that's cool for some, you know, for some child to be going through the salad, salad line saying that West Virginia grown sticker and then kind of thinking, you know, hey, this is grown right here in West Virginia. Um, you know, West Virginia has a lot to offer, obviously, um, especially, I mean, I'm not saying especially, but, but um, agriculture, there, there's a lot of agriculture in West Virginia and people don't really realize that whether it's beef cattle, dairy cattle, growing fruits and vegetables or, or whatever it may be, um, lots of opportunities. So I just think it's the kids that miss out, I really think. Um, and then this day of age, day and age, um, I think the producers may be missing out as well with, with everything being so expensive. This is another opportunity for them if they can ramp up their growing. Yeah, I love that. It's just a little bit of extra state pride to add into your day. That's super Absolutely. important. Um, what advice would you want to give somebody who might want to start this program. I know we've talked about it too, more so just like education, you know, making sure that you educate yourself on how to get started. You read, you contact people. Is that you know, some of the best advice that you would give? Absolutely. And they, you know, they can take a look at our, um, our website and um, West Street Department of Ed's website. You know, both of us have a little, a little place for uh, farm school or even on the national side. There are, there are lots of things on, on national websites uh, regarding farm to school. Um, you know, I think people have heard this, heard farmer school a lot. And, and again, I'm going to pick on COVID. It went away. 2019, this big ugly thing reared its head COVID. And it began to, I mean, we really had to take huge steps back 
with mm-hmm. farm to school. Not not only us, but I'm sure other states as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're working, like I said, pretty rigorously with the Department of Ed trying to ramp this back up because it's so important. And with the Fresh Food Act and, and the 5% mandate, uh, it's even more important than ever. And, and you know, I, I just, um, I like to see kids eat, eat healthy. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say I don't hit the McDonald's because I do, but you know, there's nothing like going out to my garden and, you know, having me picking me some tomatoes and lettuce or whatever, throw together a salad for dinner. And I, I just think it's a great opportunity, um, not to mention the health aspect of it. No, I 100% agree on all of that. Um, so kind of switching gears just a little bit. Sure. Uh, so we are both women in agriculture. And I like to bring this up all the time when I talk to another woman in ag. Uh, Tell me about your experience as a woman in agriculture. And then if you have any advice for future female agriculturists. Okay, well, I'll start with the personal experience. I guess I I often tell this. Um, So my husband and I have been in the beef cattle business, I mentioned for 17 years, give or take. Um, I can tell you the first few times I rolled into the livestock market, much younger than obviously, you know, raise my husband to sell my cows. Um, there were lots of people that kind of just looked at me and thought, what are you doing here? You know, why, why are you here? Um, shouldn't you be, shouldn't you be doing something else, be at home doing something else or whatever? Um, so it, it's hard even in um, 2022, I'll say, um, for women to to get into agriculture. And I have lots of friends now that are, lots of female friends um, that are in agriculture. There's some, um Great extension agents, female extension agents, as well as males. But, but I always think, you know, those, those women that are extension agents have kind of kind of broke that barrier for us as well. Um, so so I just think to, to keep on, you know, farming is an area that people predominantly think of as being a man. You know, mm-hmm. man's out there with a tractor, you know, plowing the fields and mowing hay and things of that nature. That's, I'm just going to say, women can do anything that men can do. So if you are passionate about agriculture, which I was, and my husband was as well, um, you know, jump in there and, and take that opportunity. If you need, um, you know, if you need someone to cry to or something, there's lots of women here at the Department of Ag and, and lots of um, lots of uh, female producers as well to be more than willing to help you. Um, you know, use your county extension agents, use your local um, Department of Eds, and, and, you know, if you're just, you might just reach out to your school if you're a parent, Elizabeth, you know, and you're, you know, you're the mom of a, a child. You're like, you know, I really like to do a raised bed of lettuce, but I just don't know how to go about it. I just don't know if anybody would buy lettuce from me or, or anything. Um, you know, reach out to me, reach out to extension, reach out to the schools. Um, don't get frustrated. Um, yeah. Again, even though it is 2022, I mean, I, I'm sure that you've had similar um, experiences about kind of maybe somebody looking down the nose a little bit at you being a female. Uh, just keep on keeping on. Oh yeah. Don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. I always say that's huge part. And then I think as women, we, again, are not afraid to ask for help and uh, utilize each other as resources moving forward. And I love that, that we kind of band together and make sure that we are lifting other women up in the ag world. So that's why I love asking this question. I really think it's a a huge boost, like a confidence boost for other women in ag to hear this as well. So thank you so much for sharing that. Sure. Elizabeth, I'll plug, um, um, we have a, um, or help, help fund and help staff, if you will, um, Women in Ag, and they have an annual meeting, usually around October, uh, and, I, and I encourage women to, to become part of that as well. Um, have a lot of resources, lots of other women there that have been there, done that, 
Um, so, so that's a great, uh, great asset as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you so much for sharing that. I'm also part of the Women in Ag in West Virginia. Good. I love it. All right, so for my final question for you, I am a huge FFA proponent. I grew up in FFA, and then I love the FFA creed. But that's kind of what jump started me in my decision to explore agriculture as a career. So, taking from my favorite speech, the FFA creed, why do you believe in the future of agriculture? Well, without agriculture, I mean. You, I think you said that we're not going to eat. Everybody has to eat. Um, no matter how you, no, no matter what, you got to eat. And I, I don't care what those people think about the uh, frozen food that they're grabbing out of the freezer or someplace at Kroger or Walmart. That that comes from someplace. And if there if there's no farmers, no food. I mean, you know. And I, and I don't know how. I, I think COVID again. I'm picking on COVID has driven at home better than anybody. I mean, we've had some um, disruptions and some. Um, some things that we like to eat, uh, you know, it's been hard to find. So, um, you, you know, I, I can't say enough um, from from the food part. Um, for me, it's very relaxing. Um, people don't people don't believe that they're like you're always out there chasing cows. I put cows in. You know, I had some vents down this morning before I came to work. But um, you know, it's just it it just it offers so many things, Elizabeth. Um, there's a whole you know. There's a whole new group of people that you you meet and you wouldn't become, uh, I think, acquainted with if you weren't in agriculture. And again, I'll just say no farm, no food. I mean, I, I don't know how to say it any better than that. Absolutely. Um, you know, whether you're, um, you know, selling your eggs from your chickens or, you know, you're picking your cucumbers and taking them to a farmer's market or, you know, you have a thousand head of cattle and you're sourcing to Kroger or someplace like that. You know, it's just, there's so many aspects and and I think people sometimes think that they can't make a difference on a, on a small scale. They certainly can. They can. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And thank you sure. so much for telling your story. I know you're super busy, but sure. I really do appreciate you taking the time to get this information out there. I really think my viewers are going to love this. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you for the opportunity to talk to you this morning. Of course. All right, guys, it's the end of my Farmer Friday interviews. Please stay tuned to our Farmer Friday interview for next week. And as always, please remember to thank your farmers.